the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I'm Dr. Bob Bender, and I'm your host for Thursdays and Fridays here at Crosswalk Colorado Springs. My joy to work with Eric Cartier, who carries the load Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and I appreciate the opportunity of being your host tonight. We want this to continue to be a Colorado Springs experience I love to go to the switchback games and hear the chant, this is our team, this is our city, and what a great city we have. I know we have some listeners who aren't in Colorado Springs, but I'm reminded that General Palmer, uh, the one who founded Colorado Springs in July of 1871, drove a stake downtown Colorado Springs, and what a joy it is to follow his legacy. It's a little-known fact that he was a Quaker, and he, of course, was a Union general, a colonel at that time, and he used his influence as a Christian to make an impact during that during that war, and we want to follow in his legacy and continue to make Colorado Springs a great place to live and hope this program will contribute to that end. And I have Matt West who's running the board for me. He is my partner in crime. Matt, thank you so much for making my job easier. Matt West. Do you know, Matt, I think of your last name every time I go to the cemetery. Well, now, why is that? Now, why is that? <laughs> you don't know that, do you? No. Did you know that in the cemetery, all of the graves faced, face east and west? Mm-hmm. And did you know that the headstone the headstone is on the west side so that when Jesus comes back and we're resurrected, we'll face him in the east. Did you know that? I didn't. That is incredible. So your name, so every time I go to the cemetery, when I go to the gravesite, I think to myself, <laughs> go west, young man, so I can stand on the west side. And so when they, when if they were, if the Jesus were to come back right then, <laughs> they would rise and face Jesus in the east. Isn't that interesting? That's amazing. And you know what? You learn something new every day. I learned something about my own last name right there. So I have to thank you for that. Do you know what your name, name means? Do you know what Matthew means? You know, I know it's a biblical name, but I don't know specifically the whole details of what it means no matthew matt matthew in the hebrew matik and then yahweh means gift of god wow matt you're a gift of god robert means winner of all so i try to be a winner you know the only way i can be a winner is because jesus conquered it for me and one of my favorite verses romans eight thirty seven: we are more than conquerors through him who's conquered for us and in the greek that word is hypernikamen that's where nike another thing you might want to understand and learn that's where mm-hmm. nike got their word right there really conqueror we're more than conquerors through jesus thanks matt for joining me man yeah thank you you know we're so glad to have you here on the airwaves and and as i understand you know this may not be your first time doing radio tell me a little bit about that enlighten me on that 
Matt, I have I had a radio show in Austin. It was just the church service, KLBJ. And one day I was not in church. I was uh, at a stop and rob or someplace, and I noticed our church service on the radio. And Matt, our minister of music, Monty Priest, said, "Now, Jim, would you come and lead us in prayer?" And Matt, it was like thirty seconds before the gym came from the back of the auditorium to the mic. And so Monty and I had a little visit after that. I said, man, we cannot have radio silence, right? Uh, Right. I cannot have radio silence. Nope. So that's the lesson I learned. So hopefully we won't have that. So if we have radio silence, help me and count from 100 backwards or something. I don't know. I'll do that. I'll push some more colorful buttons here on the board. I can do something. (laughs) Great. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, and, you know, tell me as well, enlighten me as well as our, our listeners, you know, a little bit about some of your story as well. Well, thank you, Matt, for asking. I appreciate that. Uh, the Lord was good to me. I was called to the ministry when I was a senior in high school and started preaching then. I was a tenor at youth evangelist for a while. You know, back in the 60s, youth revivals were popular. And so became a youth pastor, youth minister, then associate pastor, then lead pastor. And, and this is my third church there, Cross Fellowship Church here in Colorado Springs. Pastor there almost two decades. And now I am Pastor Emeritus and on call to help them to continue to grow and impact our city for the Lord. Right now, I am Director of uh, Ministry Relations, Envoy Financial, and involved in the financial planning space, just helping pastors be prepared for retirement. So it's a good season. I don't do uh, nothing well, and so I appreciate this opportunity to fill some of the white space here at this radio station, 100.7 The Word. Great opportunity. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. And we love having you. And uh, so, you know, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, you know, at the at the beginning of the show, you know, talking about how local, how we yes. want this show to be local. Amen. Yes. And, and so what do you hope to accomplish with the show, with it being local like that? Thank you, Matt. I have five E's here. You know, alliteration. Sometimes uh, people ask, do you dream in alliteration? No, but anyway, here they are. Here's what I hope to accomplish. We want to evangelize. Obviously, a lot of our listeners already know the Lord, but we want to make great the name of Jesus, Matt. Secondly, we want to encourage. We want to be an encouragement to you. We hope that this program would minister to you. Friend, there's no need too great God can't meet. There's no problem too large God can't solve. There's no relationship too ruptured that God can't reconcile, and there's no life too messed up that God can't redeem. So I want to be an encouragement to you, dear listener. Thirdly, we want to edify, to strengthen your walk with the Lord. Fourthly, we want to equip you. I think you'll find some things from this program that will equip you to help others. And then, Matt, the fifth E is enjoy. I I think let's make this a time of entertainment. You know, uh, I hate to say it, but some Christians just have a little too much starch in their underwear. (laughs) So let's have fun. I think Christians ought to have more fun than anybody else. So we're going to have more fun on this program than Christians ought to have. And so that's my five-fold view of where we want to go and uh, does that sound like we could do that matt I, I think we can do that i think we can accomplish that and and that might tie into you know some of your approach to ministry as well T- tell me about that too well glad to matt because that is so important for us to understand i believe the bible is god's owner's manual it is god's owner's manual when we follow it we're blessed and when we don't we miss out on god's best God's Owner's Manual, it shows us how to live. 
one Christmas, I put together a trampoline in the wee hours of the morning, and our kids got on the trampoline. All of a sudden, they came off with cuts, and their jeans were ruined. Matt, I had put the springs on upside down. Oh, no. (laughs) I I didn't read the instructions. Got me in trouble. When we don't read and follow God's instructions, we get in trouble. But when we do, we're blessed. And my desire, Matt, is to bring the word to life and life to the word. Jesus said we're to worship in spirit and in truth. We worship in the spirit only. We blow up. Worship in the word only. We dry up. But we worship spirit and truth. We grow up. And so I want to minister to you the Word, bring life to it through the Spirit, and let the Word encounter you in your life experiences. So so that's my dream. That's my vision. Do you think that'll work, Matt? Uh, you know, I think that would work. And I, I think, uh, you know, I've definitely not always been accused of following the instruction manual on things either. I, <laughs> that's a man thing. <laughs> I, I think that is. I think as men, we can agree with that. But if there is one instruction manual we should read, that's perhaps the one. Yes, indeed. I'm agreeing at total percent. So let's pray. Lord, help us to accomplish your will and purpose on this program. Each Thursday and Friday, we need your help, and we look to you. And may your word guide us and your spirit guide us and lift up great the name of Jesus and minister to folks where we are in our journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Matt, what I hope to have is a word for the day every day. Every day. I hope to have a word for the day. Every day I'm reading through Jeremiah. Today I came across Jeremiah 29.7. Seek the welfare of the place where I have sent you, and pray for the welfare of that city. For when that city has welfare, you have welfare. Wow. And that's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for Colorado Springs. Let's pray for Yemi, our beloved mayor, that our city, as I said earlier, General Palmer began it. A good note. We might have a city that... It blesses people that helps us get closer to Jesus every, every single day. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Just let's get acquainted here to let you hear a part of my story and my vision. And thank you for being a part of this journey. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. And this is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, 100.7 The Word. Matt West here. I am I am not your host, but your host is just sitting across from me here at the studio. Uh, Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob, how, how are you doing in this for this first show right now? Feeling good about it, feeling good about it. And we do appreciate our sponsors. They make this show possible. We appreciate our sponsors. Absolutely. Thanks for hearing what they have to say. Absolutely. Now, Dr. Bob, you've got a number of things that you want to talk about today. What What is today's topic? Today's topic is the questions Jesus asked. Matt, did you know that Jesus asked more than 300 questions? you know that? I didn't know that, no. And you're learning all kinds of I, stuff Yeah, today. today I'm getting schooled today. That's what's happening. <laughs> you're getting ahead of vacation. All right. Jesus asked over 300 questions, and our text For you to contact us, give me a text, shoot me a text, 719-315-1726. Jot that down. Don't stop while you're driving, but 719-315-1726. Would you text me? Why don't you get involved here as my listener, dear friend? Text me some a question that Jesus asked. I'm asking you to get involved here. Why don't you text me, 719-315-1726. 
a question Jesus asked. He asked a lot of them, and see if you can nail the one we're going to talk about this evening. So text me your response to the question, what is a question that Jesus asked? 719-315-1726. And so let me know what your answer is, and we'll see if you get it right. A question Jesus asked. You know, I'm not much of an asker, really, Matt. I'm more of a teller. Some people are bent one way or the other, but Jesus had insight into the human condition, and he knew how to get to the bottom of an issue, and he asked a lot of questions. Here's one. Yes, what is truth? That is a very, very important question. Is that the one we're going to dive in tonight? Nope, but close. Another question Jesus asked. Here's one, Jesus and John 1, what do you seek? He asked John the Baptist disciples, what do you seek? What are you seeking, dear friend? Here's another one here that comes up. Who do you say that I am? That's an important one that we might even engage with. In fact, bingo, Matt, they got it. Boy, this is a sharp group tonight. I think so. I think so. I think we're going to have a fun time. A lot of other questions Jesus asked, but that's the one we're going to hone in on tonight. Who do you say that I am? So this program is simply about Jesus, period. Jesus, period, because how we view Jesus determines everything. So we're going to talk about Jesus, period. Now, Matt, when I was a youth director back in the late 60s, there wasn't anything as Jesus t-shirts or anything. And so I had this bright idea of, of, of printing Jesus in the form of a fish. You know, you've probably seen that icon. Mm-hmm. And I thought, let's put this on a t-shirt and let's put First Baptist Church Bartlesville Youth Ministry around it. And uh, we were so excited because back then they had the t-shirts that had the navy trim on the sleeves, you know, the short sleeves, and that was about it. And so we imprinted it on the front left of the T-shirt, and Jesus was about the size of my thumb. <laughs> we thought we were doing a great job by promoting Jesus' size of our thumb. If I was smart, I'd have put Jesus 1,000 font on the back of the T-shirt, but I wasn't that creative. So we're simply going to talk about Jesus, period. My roommate, Paul Purefoy in college, wrote a song Uh, about Jesus and hear the lyrics. People sing songs about love every day, and people sing songs about peace every day. People sing songs talking about joy to the world every day. You can sing a song that says all three if you sing about Jesus. Sing about Jesus is no better way to say peace. Jesus, only he gives joy complete. Sing about Jesus, for there's no greater love. It's a mystery to me why we'd sing about love, joy, or peace when we could sing all three and sing about Jesus. Oh, I love that little chorus. It's a beautiful one. So we're going to talk about Jesus, period. But listen, here's the deal. There is a tendency to take Jesus and recreate him in our own cultural and personal image. And so my question tonight is, will the real Jesus please stand up? Will the real Jesus please stand up? Jason Vanderground, president of Haven, the marketing firm for He Gets Us, perhaps you've seen those commercials on TV, those billboards, six-month research, he comes to this conclusion. Christianity has an image problem in the United States. Christianity 
has an image problem in the United States. And I could not agree with Jason more. He goes on to say that he gets us emphasis is we're hoping to start a movement to put Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, front and center in our culture. And that's what we need, the Jesus of the Bible front and center in our culture. Will the real Jesus please stand up? But which Jesus? We have the fundamentalist Jesus. Uh, the Jesus who's always angry, trying to find people who are having fun, telling them to cut it out. Jesus with a, a hammer, intolerant. Uh, I can't name the church, litigious if I do, but a uh, church in Kansas that, that goes to the funerals of soldiers and holds up uh, signs that are just filled with hate. That would be an extreme in my opinion, of the fundamentalist Jesus. Which Jesus are we talking about? Then there's the liberal Jesus. They say that sincerity is the most important issue. Jesus is a smiling Santa Claus. Jesus is tolerant of anything and everything. The liberal Jesus, is that the real Jesus? Then there's the political Jesus. Some think that we can hitch our wagon to a political party and maybe uh, get them to do what we want them to do. That might be a possibility, but no, we don't own that political party person. He or she owns us, some playing us like a football. Russell Moore, editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, in last night's Newsweek article after interviewing pastors, made this quote. Evangelical Christianity is in a crisis due to the current state of right-wing politics. And so the political Jesus isn't the answer. You have Trumpers and Trump thumpers, and you have vax and no vax. You have masks and no masks. And it tends to be a dividing factor rather than a unifying one. Well, what about the Southern Baptist Jesus? I can talk about this because I'm Southern Baptist. Ball, we're an active bunch. We're there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night visitation, Wednesday night prayer meeting, Thursday morning prayer meeting. Uh, we are a busy bunch. Mary had a little lamb. It would have been a sheep, but it joined the local Baptist church and died for lack of sleep. <laughs> oh, my Southern Baptist, we've done a lot of things right, but uh, some things wrong. Sometimes we get the cart before the horse. Someone was asked, would you like to become a Christian? And they said, no, I'm already a Baptist. <laughs> Pastors were standing around. They were having this discussion. They asked, if Jesus were here today, which denomination would he join? Presbyterian pastor said, well, he'd join our church because he's a Calvinist. Assembly of God pastor said, well, he'd join our church because he's charismatic. Methodist pastor, well, he'd join our church because he's methodical. Baptist pastor sitting there didn't say anything. They asked him, which church do you think Jesus would join if he came today? The Baptist pastor said, why would he move his membership? <laughs> oh, my. Sometimes we get denominations before Jesus. Well, then there's the institutional Jesus, institutional church Jesus. Couldn't find him with a search warrant in the midst of liturgy and dogma and doctrine and churchianity. Institutional church Jesus. Then there's the kooky Jesus. Uh, do you realize that religion attracts all kinds of kooks, and some of them become leaders? The Jim Joneses and the David Koreshes and the Sun Young Moons and the Joseph Smiths of the world, uh, the people who, who kooky is all get out, and yet they get a following. Will the real Jesus please stand up? 
Well, then there's the bargain world, Jesus. And I'll talk about that when we return. But the bargain world, Jesus, I'd like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Well, I'll fill in the blanks, tell you the rest of the story when we return. Thanks for listening. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Hey, thanks for joining us, staying with us here. Dr. Bob Bender, your host, Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Loving it. Wilbur Reese writes, $3 worth of God. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a black man or pick beats with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation, warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy three dollars worth of God, please. Well, that's the bargain world, Jesus. Three out of the ten commandments to keep, the three percent tithe, sermonettes, so I can go out and smoke my cigarettes, closed in the summer. And I'm tempted to wish these folks who attend on Easter Merry Christmas, because sometimes I won't see them until Christmas rolls around. Oh, my soul, the bargain world Jesus. And there's the Christian television Jesus, the name it, uh, name it, claim it, grab it, blab it, the healthy and the wealthy, and God wants you to be rich and all that nonsense. Let's not get trapped into the Christian television Jesus. Then there's the Jesus and group. Oh, my soul, we live in a day when Jesus is not enough. Sad. Jesus and baptism. Jesus and the sacraments. Jesus and the Book of Mormon. Jesus and tongues. Let's let's get to the place where Jesus, period, is enough. And then you have the secular TV Jesus. Have you noticed? Jesus is all right. But his followers in the secular TV world are either hypocrites, lunatics, or perverts. How terrible that they show Christians in that light. Norman Lear, little-known fact, he had a pilot program entitled Sunday Dinner, and it was to air on CBS. And he was trying to meet, and I quote him, the deep unmet spiritual needs of the American people. That'd be like... Hugh Hefner trying to meet the moral needs of the the American people. But anyway, they they tried, and they had this young woman who talked to God, and she called him he, she, someone, chief on the program. And his earlier programs had a spiritual pull. He, of course, was the mover behind all in the family. And his quote was, We always thought Edith would react to things exactly the way Jesus would. She's somebody who swallowed the Sermon on the Mount and lived it. But if you remember Edith, addle-brained, absent-minded, naive, who never knew what was going on, a simpleton who simply was endured by her family and any moral principle shared was quickly overruled by her bigoted husband. Oh, my. Will the real Jesus please stand up? Not, of course, the secular TV Jesus, not the country club Jesus. The country club Jesus goes something like this. They interpret the second coming like this. When Jesus blows the whistle, it's time to get out of the pool. (laughs) Many a church, tragically, is a country club. 
You got your new age Jesus, the possibility thinkers with the crystals and this and that becomes whatever you want him to be, like teenage ninja turtles sitting around the campfire holding hands. Mm, The new age Jesus. You got the wasp Jesus. Wasp Jesus. White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant Jesus. It's like the Jesus in the old Christian movies. Jesus portrayed as a blue-eyed blonde. Well, of course he wasn't. The wasp of Jesus. You got the retired Jesus. Let's do nothing for 25 years. I've, I've paid my dues. Let's let this shiny new generation take over while I just, uh, you know, sit around, don't do anything. The retired Jesus. Then you've got the cafeteria-style Jesus. Jesus is just one of this world's religious leaders. Many roads lead to heaven, Muhammad and Buddha and Hinduism. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is included in most of the world religions, but they just kind of give him tacit token attention? Okay, what are we trying to say? We're saying that it's a tendency to take Jesus and recreate him in our own cultural image. Will the real Jesus please stand up? Well, you and I both know who the real Jesus is. He's not any of these caricatures. He is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, Savior, his personal name. Lord, his position of authority. And Christ, his divine title. So let's get Jesus right Again, we want the Jesus of the Bible, the one we understand who he is and the impact that he has made in our lives and the full picture of Jesus in the Bible. Why four Gospels? Because Jesus is the most important person, of course, in Scripture, In Matthew, written to the Jews, he's the king, the Messiah. In Mark, written to Romans, he's the son of man. In Luke, written to the Gentiles, he's the God-man, the compassionate one. In John, written to the Greeks, he's the son of God. You see, the Gospels were polemic. They were persuasive. They were not a running account of Jesus' activities. They portrayed Jesus in the light according to his hearers' needs And the gospel writer's vision and inspiration from the Lord is who Jesus is. So Jesus is all for. He is a man for all seasons. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this anonymous quote, 20 wide centuries have come and gone, and today Jesus is the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of the column of progress. I am far within the mark when I say that of all the armies that have ever marched and all the navies that were ever built and all the governments that ever sat and all the kings and presidents who ever reigned and the philosophers who ever thought and the religious leaders who ever taught put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth so powerfully as that one solitary Life, the life of Jesus Christ, the most unique man who has ever lived in the history of the world. 
His nature as the God-man was unique. His preexistence was unique. His prophecies were unique. Forty-eight major prophecies in the Bible. If you take the eight major prophecies and you cover Texas two feet deep with half dollars, and you have a chance to find the one, you have one in ten to the 17th power opportunity to find that one that's marked in all of those. That's the ratio it would take for one man to fulfill all of the prophecies in the Old Testament. Wow, Jesus, unique in his prophecies, in his virgin birth, in his childhood, profoundly, profoundly, taking the elders to school. Jesus' birth, the earthly son of a heavenly father and the heavenly son of an earthly mother, same age as his father and older than his mother. Wow. His life without sin. His miracles, his teachings, his ministry, ministering to the multitude and preaching to the many and discipling a few. His purpose, born to die, our Lord Jesus, his substitutionary death and his resurrection, predicted his own resurrection. As the story goes, Putin died, and Russia was trying to find a place to bury him. So they asked China, will you bury Putin? No, they wouldn't even bury him. him. Uh, Iran wouldn't even bury him. So Russia got desperate, and they went to Israel. They said, will you please bury Putin? We can't find anybody to bury him. And the Israeli government says, sure, we'll bury him. It costs you a million shekels. But remember, Israel has the highest resurrection rate of any country in the world. (laughs) Oh, our Lord Jesus, so unique. And we love him and we praise him. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he your Lord? And we'll close with an application in a moment. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening tonight. Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Dr. Bob Bender here, your host for Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks for joining us tonight. I love I love the Word 100.7. I love what they're doing with our pastors, sponsoring this Pastors Appreciation Dinner October 26th at the Flying W Ranch. Pastor, we want you there. As $25 per ticket. And, Pastor, if you cannot afford the money, Envoy Financial will make sure you can go there. So have this station contact me, Dr. Bob Bender. We'll make sure that you can get there. Pastor's Appreciation Dinner, October 26th. Go to the website and hope to see you there. I won't see you at our Women in Ministries luncheon on August 22nd. But go to our website as well, honoring all the women and pastors' wives who serve in Southern Colorado. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow's program, 5 o'clock Friday. If you're getting older, especially if you're in the fourth quarter or the back nine of your life, you'll want to to hear this program. If you want to hear a local nonprofit leader who's starting a nationwide reformation, you'll want to join us tomorrow. If you want to know how to maximize your kingdom impact in the last season of your life and avoid this on your tombstone, buried 2012, died 2023. Would you believe a lot of people live like that? God help them. 
Our guest will be Bruce Brinesma tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to interviewing him and hearing his story and how it will intersect your life and apply to you wherever you are in life's seasons, uh, wherever you are. If you're growing older, you're going to need to hear what he has to say. Will the real Jesus please stand up? Will the real Jesus please stand up, the Jesus of the Bible, the one we know and love? And so what we are trying to do tonight is get Jesus right. But you see, once we get Jesus right, uh, that's only half the story. The rest of the story is getting right with Jesus. Will the real Jesus please stand up? Secondly, will the real Jesus please stand out? You see, Jesus is the only hope of the world. In that old Andre Crouch song, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him is no other. Jesus is the way. And you know the problem with a lot of us, especially those of us who've walked with the Lord for a long time, we've gotten over Jesus. God help us, we've gotten over Jesus. He's the only hope of the world. Well, he's not here in the flesh, but he is here through the church. He is here through your life. Jesus is the only hope of the world, politically and psychologically and culturally and financially and relationally and philosophically and familially in our families. He's the only hope of the world. But you see, that's where you and I come in. We obviously represent Jesus in this world. John writes, as Jesus is in the world, so also are you. And so, yeah, let's get Jesus right. Let's let the real Jesus please stand up. But let's get right or stay right, shall I say, with Jesus. And let the real Jesus stand out. That's where we have the opportunity of being the hands of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the hope of the world, and the feet of Jesus to meet those in the traffic patterns of our lives to show them Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up in John 12, 32, I will draw all kinds of people to myself. It is the resurrected and the ascended and the reigning Jesus who lives in us. If we'll make great the name of Jesus, there is that drawing power that draws people to him. Would you lift him up in your life? Paul writes in Philippians 2.5, let this attitude, this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. So would we take on the attitude and the mind of Jesus who humbled himself and was exalted? And as we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we begin each day, Lord, I humble myself before you. Don't know what the day holds, but I know who holds it. And Lord, just use me as light in a dark world wherever you are. And some of you are in very, very dark places. God bless you for being there. This is where you've been planted. This is where the Lord wants to use you, obviously. And you are perhaps the only Jesus they'll ever see. Christ in you is the hope of the world. Paul writes that in Colossians, the second chapter. 
Christ in you, the only hope of the world. And so would you allow him to saturate your life, your thoughts, your attitude, your heart, your desires, your relationships, beginning at home. Friend, if it doesn't work at home, uh, you know, let's not export it. Let's start there. And in the workplace, the opportunity you have to bless those around you, Christ in you, the hope of the world. Let this attitude be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all kinds of people to myself. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 14, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are an aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved. To to the one, a fragrance from death to death to the lost, but to others, a fragrance from life to life to the saved. You are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. Second Corinthians 3rd chapter, verse 2. You are an aroma. What is your aroma? Is it a sweet-smelling blessing to those around you, or is it something of the other kind? When people see you coming their way, do they think, oh, no, or, oh, yes, you might be able to minister to them? When you begin each way, each day, is it, uh, good Lord, it's morning, or good morning, Lord? As you begin the day and let that great attitude change or change your life, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Help me to be Jesus to those around me today, to those who are serving me in the restaurant or wherever. Help me take an opportunity to be Jesus to them. Will the real Jesus please stand up? And will the real Jesus please stand out? Not only should he impact our belief, he should also impact our behavior. So, Matt, my question to you, my listener, is this. What is the greatest thing you have to offer the world? Matt, if you were to answer that question just off the cuff here, we've not practiced this. If if I were to ask you, Matt, what is the greatest thing you have to offer the world, what would your answer be? Uh, You know, and I I think maybe it could be, you know, service in Christ, talking about how, you know, I could serve Christ, how someone else could serve Christ. There's any number of things you can do, but that single thing there, I mean, opens you up to so many things. That would be my answer to that. Well, that's that's a great one. Right on, right on. You see, friend, dear friend, the greatest thing you have to offer the world is the Jesus in you. The Jesus in you. To, as Matt said, to serve and to bless. And the Jesus in you is different than the Jesus in me. Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Do you know how many iterations of the Great Commission there are in the Bible? In the New Testament. How many iterations of the Great Commission there are in the Bible? I do not. Many. Most people do not. I did not know. Okay. Until I just studied this. Would you believe there are five Matthew, Mark, Mm -hmm. Luke, John, and Acts. And none of them are the same. Because all of us are different. So let the Jesus in you be turned loose, and you be yourself, all of Jesus, through all of us, 
for all the world. God bless you. God love you. I love you. Have a great evening, and I'll see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock with our special guest. The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.